welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're back in the studio with Chizo and Pistol. How you going there, champion? Not too bad. Looking forward to uh, the end of the season, actually, because my team is going that badly at the moment. So uh, the big question that we're all wondering here, Pistol, is just how many trades do you have left? I can confirm that I have less than zero. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm now into the negatives because it's not going well. It's not pretty. I, I do have zero left. So do you have any donuts? I may or may not still have Barlow. And I may or may not have <laughs> Paul and McVeigh and Adams. And it's, uh, it's a train wreck at the moment. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, it's not going too well. I mean, I, I had decent cover with Kerridge and Adams, but I mean, Adams is <laughs> when your cover's injured for your injured players, it's not been a fun season for you. Did you make finals in the Dr. Supercoach League? If I win this week with a donut and can win next week with half my team, then I'm a chance, a decent chance, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to win a game for the rest of the season. Oh, that's good. I didn't even make the bottom eight finals. No, I, <laughs> I know you didn't. <laughs> Hasn't been... Uh, Particularly great for either of us. It didn't help me with Hanabry as captain last week. No. Oh, it is a tough league, to be fair. I think it's ranked just like 60-something or something. So yep. it's up there. There's quite a few in the admins in the top 1K. So it's, it's tough. It's it's all starting squad, mate. If you start with the, <laughs> the team that I had trying to be a smartass, then you end up where I am now. And Dangerfield less. No, you don't need Dangerfield to win the comp, mate. You know that. <laughs> All right, Shout well, outs to let's Houston. Just see. <laughs> let's, let's wait and see on that one. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's jump straight into the teams. Your boys on the Friday night. I don't know how they're getting a Friday night game against uh, the Kangaroos. They've been absolutely woeful this year, the Pies, haven't they? Uh, no. I'm pretty sure uh, we beat GWS at Spotless. And last week we conceded, you know, about um, four goal lead in the first quarter. But then we held that ground for the whole match. So we haven't been too bad. And North Melbourne have what, lost like five in, on the trot or six on the trot. So we're, we're, I'd give us a decent chance. There's a pl- plenty uh, plenty of value um, with you guys at like two bucks ten, I reckon. Um, you could you could actually cause an upset with the Kangaroos. I, I tell you what, they've just been, they've lost another couple of players. Yeah, we've, no good. We've got, we've got some uh, good ins here. We've got for Solo in, who makes a world of difference for our yep. forward line. Marley Williams in um, with McAffer, who's just a bit slow. And the goalie omitted. So that's some good ins for, for Collingwood. Um, it's sad to see uh, Dugowie de gone, but we've, we'll move on to Kangaroos <laughs> with Jared Waite out and Wagner out. So Waite, Waite's a big out, but um, fortunately the door's open for uh, Majak Dor and Trent Dumont. So they're in. So some big changes to those teams, and I think we, we'll give the Pies a good chance at getting over the line here. Yeah, do you think? Are you worried that Magic Door is going to impact uh, Goldie's scoring potential at all? Uh, possibly a little, but I think uh, he's going to play forward. The person that's going to impact Goldstein's scoring potential the most will probably be the most informed ruckman in the competition, in Brody Grundy. You reckon? Uh, Grundy, we're going to see how far he's. We're at this week. conversation again. We have this every <laughs> week about he's the next Dean Cox. You just. Like when I see it, then I'll jump on board. But when he's only it's, averaging 90 in Supercoach, I'm not touching him. His last three weeks have been outstanding. So we'll see. We'll, he'll give uh, Goldstein a run for his money this week, hopefully. Yeah, no, he was definitely the best ruckman in his, his draft crop as well. He was uh, supposed to be a top 10. He slipped to 17 or 18, something magical yeah, like 17. that. 
Um, Daniel Wills was tagged last week to a mid 60s score. They've dropped uh, Brett McCaffrey. I don't see them having a run with role for Daniel Wills. So those still holding him can probably look on the bright side this week. Possibly Greenwood will get stuck into him, but if Wells goes forward, Greenwood's not that of yeah. a, much of a defensive player, so probably will go untagged. But uh, we'll see. We've we've been playing decent footy. We'll, uh, maybe we might just back ourselves to go head to head with everyone and and just win. Yeah, Daniel Wells is just a bit too explosive for me to have a run with rather than a sit on player like a McCaffer. If that makes any sense. No, it does. McCaffer's um. Just a bit too slow for him, I think. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to the next game. Yes, there's some uh, some big uh, omissions this week. Uh, from the Sydney side of things in the Sydney-Carlton game on the uh, Saturday afternoon, Jared McVeigh out with a groin. I can't confirm which groin it is. It could be both. Um, but he's just basically got old man syndrome, and you could have predicted that he'd miss a game uh, running late into the season. Uh, you've got Isaac Heaney coming back in for those, probably more in a draft situation that you're looking at that. Um, on the Carlton side of things, the big Casbolt up forward is coming. They actually put up a, a, an awesome fight last week after we mocked them for having no forward line pistol. Yeah, they came back in the fourth, but the first part of the game was um, not great viewing, I think, for people watching at it home. It was the most terrible game I've ever seen. It, some would say that. Others would probably agree. Houston probably thought it was the most amazing game he's ever seen. Come on, well, Weedering going up forward was a bit special, I must say. Yeah, I I have to say I was slightly rejoicing when he I thought he'd snapped his leg. No, I wasn't oh, rejoicing. I, I just wanted to get stuck into Houston because he just that is... he, he keeps he keeps trying to tell me that Parish isn't going to win the rising ta- rising star, and you know, an injury just would have helped me there. That is, let's not wish that upon anyone. <laughs> Um, but, uh, someone else that's been named, uh, Jordan Foote comes in for this, uh, uh, the uh, Swans for his first game. He's been named on extended benches a couple times, um, but named on the interchange this week. He's definitely going to get a run. Um, oh, I think this is just going to be another absolute Sam Doherty fest in the back line pistol. He's just going to rack up another stack of tons, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go back-to-back 130s. Yeah, same with Kate Simpson's probably going to run a mock. So, yeah, if you got those players, good on you. Um, if you don't and have donuts instead, then <laughs> welcome to my life. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good to see Xavier Richards getting a game. I think he kicked eight goals in the reserve. So he's finally getting a chance. And, yeah, Jordan Foote's got his uh, foot in the door. <laughs> You're terrible, mate. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is Sam Naismith. He's uh, um, actually had not too bad the last couple games as a backup kind of thing. For those um, who say maybe have a Mason Cox still at R3 that are looking to try and um, cover a Barlow by upgrading, they don't have enough money to um, to pick up the player they want. They could do a downgrade to a Sam Naismith if they really wanted to on the bubble. Um, but other than that, there's not too much left in this game. Let's jump into match of the round pistol. Yeah, Gold Coast Suns versus Fremantle. Um <laughs> I'm not sure. It's funny. They they seem to have named teams, but it's blank because no one from Gold Coast turned up. They've all been omitted. Uh, <laughs> Hallahan's out and Aaron Hall is out. So they literally have no midfield. Um, it's just blank on the screen. Um, Aaron Hall has done a hammy, apparently. Um, have you ever heard of a one-week hamstring injury? There's no such thing as a one-week hamstring. It's a hamstring or it's just general soreness. So the fact they say hamstring makes me think if you do have him, you might want to get rid of him because 
you know, if there is, if he does come back after one week, then there's certainly more at play than uh, than we can see. Um, yeah, hamstring doesn't at this stage of the season against Fremantle at home. You'd hope they'd want to play him. So, yeah, that's that's a tough one if you have him and you have trades. Um, if you don't have trades, again, that's uh, you're going to be like me with Aaron Hall and Barlow on the bench. Um, but if you've got the trades, I'd definitely get rid of him. We'll probably talk about some trade-in options a bit later. Yes, I um, will. Matty Rosa comes in, though, for those that did hold him with coming back from that ankle injury. And um, new player, Joshua Schoenfeld, comes in for Gold Coast. So we get get to see him. on yeah, the, the Red Nut, side. he's going to finally get a game. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. We've got got some new sons, and I mean, pretty much all their team is new. So, yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting game. Let's put it that way. Shane Yaron comes in for his first game for the Dockers. Uh, I think he was a mature age recruit, um, yep. a forward. So he is going to come in looking to dazzle. And Zach Clark comes in. So for those with John Griffin, might have to watch out because uh, <laughs> reduce ruck time with Zach Clark in. Um, even though you're not suggesting John Griffin's got somewhere for his scores to drop, are you? <laughs> no, probably not. He's going to rock still. Zach Clark will play forward because Pav is out. Ballantyne uh, is out because he broke his face, and <laughs> Michael Barlow is out with a shoulder injury. Probably out. Well, he's out for the season, so yeah. that's not a good one. Yeah. Um, for those that have Aaron Hall, Barlow, Deledio. It's going to be a messy forward line this week, isn't it, Pistol? And I'm pretty sure some people are Dalhouse as well. So it's just been a bit chaotic in that that forward line, and you just know it's not over as well. It's like things are going to keep happening, and yeah, if you manage to get away, get through all this carnage in your forward line, you're doing really well. Yeah, these are the two injury injury prone teams for the year and just on the Gold Coast side of things this is a, a bit of a look to the future their starting midfield is Tuk Tuk Miller and Jackie Martin the uh, the the two young guns starting in the centre yeah I think they, were, they would have rather that maybe in five years time rather than this year yeah and you know reading across their wings in centre they have Josh Schoenfeld Jesse Lonigan and Matt Shaw <laughs> so it's not really the uh, the Neeple team basically lineups. hey oh, it's not going to be pretty viewing, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we jump into the next game, uh, goal, uh, Sorry, West Coast and Melbourne um, over at Domain Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Um, some big, big outs for Melbourne. Our boy Ben Ken, he's gone. He's been omitted. He's, fi- he's finally, finally been dumped, Pistol. Uh, we've also got <laughs> Jackie Grimes after he'd been... Uh, Badgering the coach to get a few games, he put up a 140 week one and then a 50 odd the uh, the next week, and he's been omitted straight away. Um, he's not even on the uh, the emergencies list, so might have been just a, a little bit of an injury there more than an omission. Do you think they're pistol? No, I actually think that the coach dislikes him because they he was desperate to come in for a game, dominate his first one. Second game, where do you think they play him? Deep forward, just made no sense. They play yeah. him there the whole game and then they drop him. Like what? What's a guy meant to do? I think he's going to get traded at the end of the season. I'm not sure he's going to play again this year. Yeah, he's gone from being basically club captain to looking for a new club. Um, another guy that uh, I've been touching on all the way during the year, Alex Neil Borlin. He absolutely kills it in the VFL. Um, he's played a couple games so far this year. 
probably just looking for him to try and find his feet more at the AFL level because he's an absolute ball magnet. Um, so looking towards uh, next year, as long as he doesn't go up in price too much, he could be a, a, a bit of a, a mid-priced option. Uh, Max Gorn against Scotty Lysett. Maxi Gorn's away from home, so he's pretty much set for a 180 score this week, Pete. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll probably be in for another big one. Uh, it's Gorn's in good form. You know, West Coast aren't in the best of form, although they do dominate at home. So it'll certainly be an interesting match. I think Melbourne will try and um, get back on the wagon after being a bit derailed uh, by the Saints and just generally not being in the most amazing form. So I'm actually looking forward to this game. Yeah, it should, shouldn't be... Uh... Uh, too bad. We'll jump into the Bulldogs and Saints. It's a bit of a danger game for the Bulldogs, I reckon, if Saints come to play. They're good at Etihad Stadium. They're fast, um, so Bulldogs are probably faster, but I think it'll be a decent game as well. Tom Liberatore comes in for those that held through his um, internal injuries. Jake Stringer is a big omission with a shoulder injury, not super coach-wise, but for the game. Shane Savage comes in after missing a game with concussion, so Good to see him back there because I know a couple people do have him. On the rookie side, it doesn't look like too many, um, too much news going on here. Yeah, basically, not much to report. I yeah, think. the Bont is in uh, just some some wicked form. Uh, I just thought I'd uh, I'd jump the gun, pistol little pun there for you, mate. I know you like that one. Uh, I just thought I'd get in there <laughs> quick and mention Bont and Felly uh, before you get a chance to mention about uh, the 30th podcast in a row about how you got him in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's in great form, and I got him in a couple of weeks ago, so I've yeah, been very happy with it. <laughs> Jackson Jacoby's absolutely loving you right now. You're basically chasing him up to the 50K. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting him all, all the good primo midfielders at the moment, <laughs> so hopefully he uh, can continue to steamroll home. Hopefully he's got some questions for us later that we can jump into. Are you seeing anything else relevant there that's, that's going to impact uh, Supercoach-wise at all? No, definitely not. I think no, we should beautiful. just move on to the next game. Yeah, this is going to be an absolute ripper. Uh, down at Skilled Stadium, Cats versus Adelaide Crows. It's going to be the uh, the Dangerfield and Sloan Fest this game. It's going to be the uh, the, the the battle of the uh, best mates. Yeah, what a great game. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. For those that um, have Jimmy Bartell, he's finally back this week. And those with Rory Laird, uh, after his late omission, he comes back in. Um, it's... It's going definitely going to be a close game. So as we said last week, it's going to really um, benefit those that can impact a game like a Sloan and a Dangerfield um, or a, a Joel Selwood that when the moment's there to try and win it for their team, that those can step up, they're really going to be benefiting from a game like this rather than a blowout. And, you know, we can pretty much just back in these two for, to absolutely smash it again this week, don't you think, Pete? Yeah, I mean, don't forget Cam Guthrie, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> he <laughs> he tagged last week. Yeah, well, let's just uh, jump back. I think Dangerfield is probably going to be everyone's captain choice, right, yep. Chizo? Uh, right, uh, let's move on. Um, also, Brad Crouch put up another ton last week. He put up another 110. Uh, for those that we do, we do know a few people that brought him in, he's kind of been a, a bit of an inspired decision after Pete basically begged people not to go near him. <laughs> I can't get I can't get him right this season whatsoever. I, I mean, the potentials are there. I can't just can't waffle on about him. Don't want to waste any more breath talking about it. Just keep getting it wrong with him. Um, on the emergencies is Sam Menegola, praying, praying, praying to the Supercoach gods he doesn't get a handful of games this year because we need him as one of the best 
uh, rookie options next year, he is just going to be a ripe, mature age rookie. So let's just hope he doesn't get elevated at any stage. Uh, I think he got 48 touches or something on the weekend. So if he doesn't, you know, get a game soon, you'd have to be worried. I, I don't think you can hold out for him not to get a game for the whole season. Right, if he, if he just gets one, maybe two, something like that, just so he do, his price doesn't skyrocket. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. His his from a good stock, good good family genes in that uh, Menegola family. Yeah. All right, mate. We'll uh, jump into the uh, Essendon Brisbane line games. Do you want to run us through that? This is basically um, uh, the Will Brody Cup, is what I'll call it. <laughs> the Will Brody Cup. Well, for those that don't know what we're talking about, we'll get uh, talking about that a bit later in the podcast. But basically. This time, Aaron Francis is in for Essendon. You, yes. can, you can cheer. You can be happy. They're finally going to see him. And you know what? They could even get the win here. So Francis might lead his team to victory, um, replacing James Gwilt. And Cooney will come in. And on the extended bench will be Sam Michael and James Pockingon. For Brisbane Lions, Daniel McStay couldn't find couldn't stay in the team, I guess. He's got a <laughs> leg injury. And Daniel Merritt comes back. So uh, like for like, Daniel for Daniel. Uh, comes into the team and Josh Walker will probably find his way in on the extended bench. But other than that, I think people are just hoping that um, Jared Jansen and Reese Matheson hold their spot at this stage. You'd think it looks likely, but you never really know. Well, after that pun, mate, I was expecting you to say that Josh Walker was going to walk his way back into the team, but you've oh, completely overlooked that one. Missed uh, opportunity. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, of opportunities, Dan Rich named as a follower this week. That can't be true, can it? <laughs> he, it can be true. I think that he needs to do something because he's not in good form at all and they need to try something out. They've got nothing to lose, Brisbane Lions. They just play everyone everywhere, as in what I'm saying is play my players that I own in my Supercoach team on ball all the time. Um, I think Steph Martin's also in a little bit of doubt. Is There's some talk that he's a bit sore, so yeah. hopefully he plays because racking against Sean McKernan can only be a good thing. So fingers crossed he's not a laid out. Otherwise, I'm just going to get full from all these donuts I'm getting. Yeah. Um, Steph Martin has been... Basically, that rib injury that he got last week against GWS is still carrying. He's named in the team. Uh, what we hear from an inside source is that he's going to play, but he's going to be playing sore. Um, it doesn't help that he's probably um, been playing sore uh, for the last couple of weeks from what we're hearing. So uh, it's it it's probably uh, helpful that Trent West hasn't been named as uh, on the interchange as a traveller. It probably suggests to us that uh, he's going to play there, Pete, is what I'm thinking. You say that, but then Sean McKernan's named as the Essendon Ruck, so it could just be both teams not playing a Ruckman. <laughs> yeah, Steph Martin could just play as an inside mid. He'd still still absolutely dominate. My boy Darce Parrish, named on the half-forward flank. He's going to rack up 22 touches and two goals this week. He's he's locked up the rising star. Sorry, Houston, we can uh, move straight back on oh, and uh, jump straight into the Hawks and Tigers there, Pete. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, well, some interesting uh, ins this week. Brett Delidio, obviously the big out for Richmond. Quite a few people brought it, uh, brought him in, especially if you brought him in for Barlow um, a few weeks ago when he had his finger injury. That's absolutely biting you in the butt. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, the Tigers uh, decide to do as a Brett Delidio replacement. You've got Ben Lennon coming in onto the uh, 
um, the extended bench. He's a, a high half forward, plays the same sort of role as Brett Deledio. Same with Can, Kane Lambert. Reese Conker plays that running through the midfield as well. And Nathan Drummond, um, very interesting to see if he comes back. He's named on an extended bench coming back from his ACL injury from last season. Um, if he was going to get a game, you'd think there'd be a bit more... Um, a few announcements and things going on because uh, it's always nice to hear someone coming back from an ACL injury because they're they're pretty terrible. So you could say he's not getting a game. Uh, Jason Castagna is just absolutely killing it, Pete. He was a great trading option and uh, put up another 80-plus score this uh, past week. Yeah, you were right on the money when you suggested him two weeks ago saying get him in. He started very poorly in his first two games. Now he's just come out fit and firing. He actually looks so good. Um, against the Hawks, he'll have a bit of a tougher run, so maybe he won't put up the best score this week. But whatever, if you, you know, you can get out a nice 60 points from him, it's better than a big zero. Yeah. Um, if you've got a Collins in the back line and you've also got a Castagna, um, it'd almost be interesting to see if you could go a Collins over Castagna this week, mainly because the biggest thing holding Castagna back is what we've talked about the last couple of weeks is his decision-making. And particularly against the Hawks, it's going to be interesting to see if that doesn't get um, pushed to the limit and he's going to have a, quite a few uh, turnovers um, and really impact his score. Uh, it's going to be a really, really interesting game because, the, as every week, the Tigers think they're going to put up this massive effort and they just don't seem to be bringing any sort of form whatsoever. How good has Dusty Martin been? He's just had another 40-plus possessions, couple goals, just casually just going around, um, really staking his claim to push himself up to challenge Dangerfield for the Brownlow. Yeah, he's been on fire recently. That was a great call uh, from you last week saying he could be a VC option. I think this week, I'm pretty sure Richmond have a decent record against Hawks, so I wouldn't really consider him as a C option, but I think he'll put out a decent score again. Yeah, um, they've got him matched up against Sam Mitchell on the uh, the team sheet, but I don't think they're they're really going to come up against each other. The, the Hawks never never tag; they never play any serious run with teams. Dusty Martin's going to run around and do basically what he wants, exactly what he did last week against the Dons. My question to you is: He doesn't have a Joel Selwood running around with him. Who's taking votes off him? I guess he would say Trent Cotchen, but he did miss quite a few weeks um, getting that head injury. I think it will be certainly interesting. I don't know if they've won enough games for him to get too many three votes. So I still don't think he's going to win, but he'll be probably around the top five mark. Yeah. Um, that pretty much covers that game as far as I can see. Connor Menadju sitting on the extended bench with Oleg Markov. If anyone uh, has either of those two on the field, you're probably struggling. Do you have to play a Menadju, Pete? If you have him, uh, I would play him. <laughs> if I had him, I would. If if you do, uh, hopefully you can cover one of your uh, players that are out in your forward line. Although I'm not too sure he's going to get a gig. I think there's going to be another out for Richmond. I know Hardwick said throughout uh, today, actually, that it's good or it's not good, but with Deledio out, it opens the door for somebody like Nathan Drummond. He didn't say we'd play Nathan Drummond. He said someone like Nathan Drummond. I did notice Kane Lambert is on the field. So looking at the interchange bench, you'd say uh, Castagna plays, as does, or Markov was especially impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There could just be maybe one of uh, Manaju or Lennon Conker, probably one or two of them don't get a game. So yeah, I'd, I'd not be... necessarily in. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they, they dropped um, 
McBean after only having one or two games as well. So it'll be very, very interesting. We might as well jump into the power and the Giants there, mate. This is going to be another good game. They, uh, The power have actually um, sort of found some form that they had been lacking over the last couple uh, couple weeks. Yeah, and they're playing some milestone games as well with uh, Impey's 50th and Robbie Gray's 150th. So there's a bit of an extra incentive to get the win. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting, particularly for the Giants, uh, bringing in uh, Jake Barrett uh, to on the extended bench. He's another guy that I'm really, really hoping doesn't get any games because he's been killing the knee for the last two years, averaging you know about 30 possessions, 26, something like that. I want him for next year. Please don't play him, GWS. Listen to me. I think GWS have too many good young players, and I'm yep. not sure... But all these players are going to get a good opportunity, so you might be okay this week. Charlie Dixon, though, does come out for Port Adelaide. If you had him in draft, then uh, sorry. But Brad Ebert does come back for other people that have him in draft. Yeah. Um, Jack Steele, he's out again with injury. Is he even going to stay at the Giants next week and next year, Pete? I, I really think he's just going to bail and find a new club. Yeah, I don't think he's going to, he's going to stay with them either. He probably would get much better chance at other football clubs. I'd say he's a definite 22 player uh, or starting player for, you know, 90% of other teams. So it will certainly be interesting what they get for him, you know, probably some draft picks for the academy points there. They're just going to have a field day trading, Steele and McCarthy. They're just, GWS are going places and it's a bit scary. Especially if they finish top four. Robbie Gray was brilliant again last week and uh, someone coming back into form was Callum Ward, as we mentioned, as a, a cheap replacement for Gary Ablett. He put up a, a 130-plus score. Do you see him holding that kind of uh, scoring potential for the rest of the year? You did mention he's got quite a tough run there, Pete. No, Callum Ward's got a very easy draw for the rest oh. of the year. He uh, put in great score last week. Hopefully he can do that a couple more times for owners for the rest of the year. I think he's a really good pick for somebody who had an injury in the midfield. If you're looking for a replacement, Callum Ward is probably going to be your man. Kind price and good scorer. And okay. Good draw. Cool. I thought you were warding me off him before, so um, good to know that we've oh, got gosh. to the end of that. <laughs> we'll gloss straight over that. We've run through all the teams there, guys. We might as well jump straight into some captaincy options. Pete, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I've made sure I've actually set my VC this week. These Thursday games just have been knocking my team around to no end. One week I forget to trade. The next week I forget that I've actually done my practice trades. I'm so glad we're back to Friday night football, mate. So am I. And the person who's going to benefit the most about this is Scott Pendlebury playing on Friday night against North Melbourne. Let me read you some of his scores in the past against North Melbourne. I'm not going to read you all of them, but I'll read you four of his last seven scores. And they read as 162, 160, 160, 157. Um, And there is an 128 in there. But four of his last seven scores against North Melbourne have been above 157. What were the two low ones? Were they they typically like way, way, way low? Or were they still tons? What scores were they? No, the two two lowest ones were actually very small for Scott Pendlebury, probably his worst in his career. I'm not even exaggerating with an 81 and an 86. That 81 is like the worst score in the last <laughs> like four years for Pendles. But the highs, the highs, the lows, the lows, vice captain is perfect for a gamble. So I think that's where my VC is going this week. Yeah, Scott Pendlebury is absolutely number one, top of the list as a VC option, I think, this week. 
um, particularly um, as a Friday night game where you get it, you actually get to see the finalised Sunday teams and things as well. So you're not worrying about doing this trade and swapping these guys around. You can we can finally just have it locked in and then know that we can go into danger on a Saturday night. Yeah, certainly. And there's also the uh, Sydney boys at home against Carlton. I think they're also going to get a great score. So if you have a Hanabry or a Parker or a JPK, all of them are certainly VC options as well. Yeah, JPK was brilliant last week. I don't think I have the faith to even VC or captain a Hanabry last week after he let me down when I accidentally had him there. Parker has come back in form, obviously. Um, against Carlton, you'd think they'd be absolutely enormous. Um, I'm probably going to VC this week something out of limb. I'm going the third highest scoring player this year, and that's Max Gorn. I'm going to that's VC awesome. him. Well, he's but he's pistol. He's away from home. He's playing at Domain Stadium, which basically guarantees a 150 plus, and he's playing <laughs> against Scott Lysett and John Giles. It's not like he's playing against the greatest um, ruck duo of all time that West Coast has ever put out. Jeez, I don't want to play against Cox and Nat Nui. Imagine that back in the day. Um, but <laughs> Gorn, as, a, as my VC, I'm really hoping he can just lock in a 120 so I can just enjoy the rest of the weekend for the first time this month. Yeah, it must be hard to enjoy your weekend when you're in danger field on your team. <laughs> just chasing Pikachus, mate. That's what, that's what I do instead. <laughs> well, the Bont is another good option against St Kilda at Etihad Stadium. He's in fantastic form. So if you want to put your VC or C on him. He's another good option. There's actually quite a few good options this week. Yep. Um, following up to the Geelong game, as you mentioned before, a Sloan, a Selwood, or a Dangerfield are all really good options if you're going to pop your VC or C on one of them. Another good call. Probably on the Sunday game, who are, who are you looking at? On the Sunday game, you've obviously got the uh, the, the, the Will Brody Cup between Essendon and the Lions. Um, you've got Rockliffe that had 130 last week. He's coming back into some form. He, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, whoever plays Brisbane, whoever plays Essendon, just absolutely dominates. So if you've got Zorko, you've got uh, Zach Merritt, you've got Rockliffe playing, any one of those guys you can basically lock in for a, a captaincy score. Zorko, 116 last week. Merritt, 138 last week. Rockliffe, 130 last week. You can be pretty confident if all else fails. The Will Brody Cup, you can just chuck someone on. Yeah, exactly. Not really going to be worthwhile looking past that game. Maybe a Dustin Martin, but a bit too risky when there's other great options, so probably should leave it there. Yeah, and uh, just another thing on Rockliffe. Um, he only had 50% um, uh, disposal efficiency in the wet last week, which isn't that great, but his last two scores against Essendon have been 120 and 133, and... Uh, at Etihad Stadium under the roof, it's going to be clean conditions. He's just going to get a ton of the ball. And it's really going to be interesting to see who is actually going to end up with a number one pick because if it was playing at the Gabba, you'd probably back the Lions. But the fact that they're away from home, Essendon are clearly favourites. And I don't think you could ever say that about a VFL team playing in the AFL before. No, I actually have tips Essendon and they're quite far favourites and I think they'll get the job done. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Okay, mate, just before we jump into some uh, some questions from the community, I just wanted to run through my top five picks for next year. 
there's going to be some of these guys playing in round one. And just like a, a Callum Mills this year or a Darcy Parrish or a Clayton Oliver, a couple of these guys could be seeing action pretty early in our midfields, particularly if we don't have any midfield rookies like uh, the start of this season. Um, you happy with that, mate? I, I just thought I'd just run through a couple and see what we get at. Sure, you're going to have to explain now who is this Will Brody character. Uh, Will Brody, Murray Bush Rangers, and Vic Country midfielder. He's a tall midfielder, 189 centimetres, 82 kilos. I can't believe these guys are born in the late 90s. They're actually coming through the draft. It mate, making me starting to feel really, really old now, mate. Um, last year in the uh, um, in the Murray Bush, Bush Rangers team, he averaged uh, above 20 disposals, five clearances a game. He's a strong-bodied midfielder, a big, tall midfielder, as we say. He's uh, he starred for the AFL Academy against the VFL teams in uh, Sandringham and that they play against. Um, he's very, very driven, and that's the thing that's going to drive him to pick number one, and the reason that I've got him there is he loves being in the thick of things when the game's up for grabs. He loves doing the Joel Sell and taking it by the scruff of the neck and saying, oh, I'm going to win this for my team. And the big thing um, with Will Brody is he desperately wants to be the best player in the draft. He wants that number one on his chest and say, look, I'm going to be the best player of my year group and everyone's going to know about me for the net, for generations to come. Sounds a bit cocky, don't you think? Um, I, I, you'd rather someone with, someone with confidence than uh, someone that's a little bit unsure about their ability. I also prefer to pick my rookies that aren't 250,000 to start the season. So <laughs> <laughs> my, I might skip on, skip on him. Who's the uh, number two pick? Well, it, it, it's the Clayton Oliver of 2016. Hugh McCluggage has basically come from the clouds. He wasn't on anyone's radars until uh, till the National Carnival just gone. He's 185 centimetres, uh, North Ballarat Rebels, Vic Country uh, midfielder, 75 kilos, just a little bit slightly... Uh, less built than uh, than Brody. He's a very poised midfielder. He's got a lot of skill. He's very silky, very smooth, and he's played some brilliant games in the Tap Cup. Um, he never it never um, has uh, a, a rushed moment. He's always able to think his way through situations and hit a, a target up the field, and he's always uh, contributing uh, on the board. He kicks a lot of goals very regularly. Um, you see him pushing forward, finding that space, and the best thing about him is that he's so unknown, like a Clayton Oliver, he could literally be anything, and, and that's why it's basically pushing him right up the leaderboard. Yeah, he's definitely going to be drafted early, so he may as well just pack his bags and uh, bring all of his McCluggage. <laughs> that's terrible. The it's only- a great name. It really is a great name. <laughs> Hugh McCluggage. Just remember that one, guys. <laughs> the only thing with McCluggage, though, is... He's more of an outside midfielder. He's very poised and he's got that skill, but he plays that outside mid. So it's going to be interesting um, that if he's pl- he gets picked up on a-, a team that makes him play in the midfield, it's going to take him a little bit uh, extra time to develop. But he gets into another club that's able to use him as like a, hard, a high half forward. He'll be able to just cruise around, get 20 touches, keep a couple, uh, keep a couple sausage rolls and uh, just cruise around doing what he wants. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he develops. Yeah, you basically described Andrew Gaff, so definitely will be interesting to watch him play. Yep. Uh, Number three, I've got Ben Ainsworth. Um, A few recruiters having him uh, in the top five as well. The only reason I don't have him higher than pick three is because of his height. 
He's a small forward slash midfielder, 179 centimetres, 74 kilos, Gippsland Power, Vic Country player. He's been battling a couple injuries, but he's got class. He's got fantastic kicking and football smarts. He stands out whichever field that he lands on. Um, he's not that tall, and that's the uh, the only thing that counts against him, but he does have great overhead marking. Um, so it kind of counteracts that a little bit, but that smaller body tris- uh, transitioning to the new AFL where you have the big bodies, the taller, the Bont and Penny Pellies, the uh, Paddy Cripps running through that midfield, uh, I don't think that teams will jump on with the highest of high picks, even if he does have exceptional skill. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What about the first player to be drafted that's not a midfielder? So the first uh, non-midfielder in the top five, I've got Sam Petrevsky setting. Um, he's had a few injury problems of late, which has made it hard for him to show his talent. Uh, but he is just absolutely exceptional. He's uh, a small half forward, 181 centimetres, 76 kilos. Uh, the thing about him is his pace and his class really make him stick out. And the, uh, the thing that um, has been likened to Sam Mitchell is he's equally good on both sides of his body. So even his non-preferred left foot, he uh, can hit targets from absolutely anywhere. And another thing is his pressure. He's fantastic forward pressure and loves to rack up as many tackles as he can. Um, he is an absolute great pickup for any team that grabs him. Um, he's been he was all Australian as an under Asia last year. He's been playing some senior waffle footy, and if he can really step it up with Claremont to finish the year, um, he's going to really really push his claims even up into a top three situation on draft night. Yeah, sounds like an exceptional pick, especially uh, we need forwards to pick next year. So hopefully he can uh, be pro- kind. Lee Price, and we can grab him in the forward line. Who's next? All right, I've got in uh, fifth place Jack Bowes. Now, the thing is, he's probably not going to be number five. He's probably going to be number four um, on draft night, and that's because Gold Coast, where they're sitting at the moment, are looking likely to have pick four. He's an academy prospect. Essendon have already come out and said they're even considering using pick one on or pick two on him if they have it. Um, plays for the Gold Coast Academy. Uh, it plays Division Two. Obviously, when he stepped up into the Allies, it took him a little bit of a, a little bit of time to get ready to uh, match the Div One Under Eighteen comp. Uh, but once he got there, he read the game really well. Had clean foot skills. He's great overhead. Now he's not especially quick, uh, but he's a perfect size for a modern midfielder. 187 centimeters, 78 kilos. And some recruiters, uh, they always pick one every year. Pistol. He's the Rolls Royce. He's just top of the top of the line. Yeah, sounds really great. How about we move on and answer some community questions? All right. On the Facebook page, Ethan St. Ellen jumps in. When is Dalhouse going to be back? Do I hold or trade? Now, there's a lot, a lot of theories floating around here. Dalhouse. What I'm hearing is he still could be one to two weeks away, Pistol. Yeah, that's not good, especially for those that have held him for this long already. If you've held him this long, are you kind of obliged to keep holding him or do you cut your losses and say, look, I'm losing rank, I'm fielding donuts, I need to get rid of him? Yeah, it really depends on what your aim is, if it's league or overall. And also, if you have Barlow or Hall or Deledio as well, if you've got two of those three, then I think, well, I mean, you've got to trade Barlow. Um, I think you might want to decide to trade Dalhouse instead because you don't really know when he's back. I definitely 
withhold Deledio over Dalhouse, for example. But if you don't have those guys, I think personally, I think he might be back next week. I think he's going to be on the one week side. So if I did have him, I would hold him. If I don't have him, I'd be looking to get him in when after he plays his first game or two. If I had the trades, um, yeah, I think that's probably the options. What about you? Yeah, definitely right. He's got a high break even as well. So. Um, if you're looking for him, you kind of want him to get his, uh, his his match fitness back as well, so you wouldn't be jumping on him first week, I wouldn't imagine. Sean Martin jumps in and says, is Daniel Wells a definite starter pistol? Daniel Wells, I believe, is. I think they said he was a bit sore, but I think he'll play. They, they can't lose. Like If they keep losing the finals, as silly as that sounds. So for me, I'm saying Daniel Wells is in. What about yeah, you? Exactly right. Daniel Wells is definitely back, but... Um, he was still carrying that a little bit of a calf injury. He's, he's pulling up very sore late in games that we're seeing a lot often. I think that's a lot to do with his age as well, and particularly coming into finals. If they're going to make it, they need him to play a couple games to make sure they get over the line, but they don't want to injure him so that he misses the start of finals. So it's a very, very fine line, but I'm claiming he's going to play against uh, the Pies this weekend. Yeah, that's fair enough. Jack Byrne asks, should I cop a zero for Deledio or use my last trade? Oh, it depends what the rest of the rest of your team is like there, Jack. Um, I'd, I'd assume that Deledio is only a one-week proposition. Um, he is a got old man syndrome, a bit like McVeigh, so if a one turns into two, I wouldn't be surprised. But that last trade is just so... It's so precious, I don't know if you can just go and get rid of it just uh, for a one-week thing. Yeah, if you want to win your league, I think maybe you should hold it. But if you are going for overall, chances are you're holding your trade to save a one-week injury or a zero later in the season, in which case I'm usually in the uh, column that says use it now because you never know, you might not even need it at the end of the year. But <laughs> it's kind of an awkward phase. We've still got quite a few weeks left. It's only a one-week injury. Deledio is one of the best forwards, so I probably would lean to holding it and just copying a donut. Yeah, I'd probably cop a donut as well. Uh, Wayne, Lenny, Paul, any news on Libba? The news was good. He's come back in <laughs> everything all week. Uh, I think uh, um, Beveridge came out and said that he was a 99% chance to play on like a Tuesday or something like that. So uh, that was really, really good. Um, uh, good to hear. And he's been named in the gut. So he's good to go. Darcy Poole, any thoughts on these trades? Okay, Pusla, I'm going to run you through about 70 different combinations here. You ready? All right, sounds good. Go for Darcy, it. Darcy, one of our our team ratings during the year. Currently full primo with three trades left, but with Deledio out this week. I'm thinking of Collins and Matheson out, in, Backman rookie for a loophole, already had Waller at D7, and also bringing Zach Merritt, Move him to the forward line through DPP with Phillips so he can cover for Deledio. So basically, he's just bringing in Deledio and Merritt, just doing a little swap. When Deledio comes back, I will most likely use Hall as F7, M9 for cover and emergency loophole as much as possible. I've already got Hall and McVeigh. Who can I cover for both? Um, I like the Zach Merritt thing, I, I, particularly against Brisbane this week. I'd be highly advocating Zach Merritt. If you've got three trades, I'm not sure it's worth going Collins and Matheson out just to cover a one-week injury. Again, I'd probably be more inclined to see if you can um, just go... He says he's got Hall here. Can you not go a Hall to a, a Zach Merritt? 
Yeah, that's exactly my thoughts. I think if you can do a hold of merit, I would just do that instead. But if you can't afford it, then those trades certainly look like the goods. I think that is you can't do much better than bringing Zach Merritt in his current form. So moving Hall to the bench, especially when he's not playing, and we don't even know how long he's out for, I think they are very good trades. Yeah, okay. Uh, Daniel Palamama, my team is complete, but I have Johannesson in defense line and I have Wells in forward line. Should I upgrade either of these two before finals? Roughly 20K in the bank with four trades left. You're sitting pretty pretty well there, Daniel, don't you think there, Pete? Yeah, it's very, very good. I think maybe you could upgrade Wells. We'll see how he goes with his injury if he's soreness. He's at a nice price, but I'm not really sure which uh, forward I would get in. If you don't have Dusty, Zorko, or Merritt, then maybe that. But if you have all three of them, your best bet might be just to hold Wells. Yeah, particularly with four trades, we've already seen, we've seen the Gaz, we've seen uh, Barlow, we've seen how quickly these guys are going down. Um, I'd be inclined to maybe um, hold them as much as I can. Uh, if you think you can improve your team, as you said, getting a Merit um, or even a Dusty or someone like that for, for Wells, I'd be considering doing that. Yeah, um, Jackson Jacoby says, I have a full premium team ranked 463 and sitting in a good position, however, only three trades. I have no bench coverage in the midfield, and is it so is it worth trading Cade Stewart to Sam Naismith to A, generate cash, B, open a forward mid DPP link so Carriage can cover two positions, and C, open a forward ruck link to cover Goldstein. Um, so he's asking if that is worthwhile doing. Um. I knew Jacko would be chiming in. 463 is just absolutely exceptional. I think he's been uh, been uh, basically copying your trades, Pete. Is that right? I think I think he really <laughs> loves your advice. I think we just uh, managed to have done the same trades for like three consecutive weeks, and he's doing really well. And I'm not so. I'm doing something wrong. For That's the all right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's going to donate some money to the Cancer Council Fund if he wins the, <laughs> the wins the 50k. Putting that out to you there, Jacko. It's a really, really good, um, really good question. Basically, this is probably why you're high up there. I like the idea of Sam Naismith um, to open up some DPP. I would probably, I would probably prefer a mid forward swing out of all those positions, and keeping a trade to trade Goldie to a Gorn um, to a, a Jacobs to. Um, someone like that rather than having Naismith as cover. If you've got Goldstein and he's a bit sore and he comes off, I would rather being able to pick up a premium and keep that high scoring ceiling rather than dropping off having a Sam Naismith. Whereas if you have a donut in the midfield and you don't have you you've got carriage but you don't have a, a, any other decent cover there you know you could have a, a, a Trengrove or something like that that comes back for a game and covers and you're only getting 50s and 60s that's so much bigger than having a, a Goldstein missing out with a 120 and getting a Naismith getting a 50 there's you, you've got a lot more to lose by having a Naismith on the ground instead of a, a carriage if that makes sense yeah, it certainly does. I think it really depends on how many mid-forwards you have in your forward line because if you have all sixes being mid-forward, DPP, if you have carriage in your midfield, you can cover carriage, uh, you can cover all six. So if you don't have that DPP, it makes it a bit harder if you don't have one on your bench as well. So depending on that situation, if you do have all six forwards as mid-forward DPP, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say it's the worst idea putting carriage onto your midfield bench because those swings are very important and could save a couple of trades in the future. However, only three trades in a good position, you're going to get some zeros later and you're going to need the trade. So yeah. if you can hold, I would, unless I would actually strongly consider it if all my forwards were dual position players. <laughs> uh, where can I get myself a Pikachu? Also Barlow to Gunston. Fozzie, you've done it again, mate. Every couple of podcasts, you chime in with the most important question that we could cover. And uh, I know you've done some research on this, Pete. Where in Victoria can you find a Pikachu? You can find a Pikachu in the Cherry Lake Reserve at Altona and also uh, I think it's pronounced Nath Road Park Ringwood East. It's a spawn point for Pikachu. So there we go. Didn't think you would get an answer <laughs> for that, but you did, Fozzie. And Barlow to Gunston I think is a good idea. It's actually surprising how the forward options left are not standing out. None of them are standing out for me. Gunston is a good one. Tom J. Lynch probably a bit unique. Uh, he's got some big scores and a nice run home. Could look there. Then there's also the standard Rewalt and Buddy. Other than that, the top ones are, you know, the expensive ones are expensive for a reason because they're good players. Yep. So can look for those ones. Yeah. People are asking about Clay Smith. Do you think Clay Smith is good cover for the rest of the season? There's so many Bulldogs players that play that role. He's kind of taken over Dalhouse's position as that, that high half forward running through the midfield. It does concern me that they have so many players playing that same role. And then when Dalhouse comes back, what does Clay Smith do? It, it yep. seems a bit more like he, he looks like a great option now. Two weeks' time, you've got Dalhouse running through that centre and Clay Smith just falls to the wayside and he's not getting that midfield time. He's not getting that ball. And he's just another overpriced um, person we have to sit on our bench. Yeah, exactly right. And also, yeah, as you mentioned, lots of players, even Honeychurch is pushing and they're similar roles. So I think I'd stay away from Clay. And uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. If you feel free to donate to the Dr. Supercoach uh, Cancer Council page, we will put the donation link in the podcast comments. So thanks very much. And uh, yeah. Thanks there, Pete. Uh, we've already raised over $1,000 uh, this year, the Donate for Donuts, um, I've already got uh, a fair bit of money to chuck in there, Pete, that I've already pledged by the end of the year. I've already covering the rest of my donuts that I had through the year. It's interesting that I had three donuts before the buys and then no donuts during or since the buys. Yeah, that's definitely the opposite of me, so I think I'm going to have to donate a bit more <laughs> towards the end of the season. How much are you putting in per donut, Pete? Oh, <laughs> we'll see how many donuts I get, otherwise I might be a bit broke. You might have to do some overtime there, mate, just to pay for your donuts. I think so. It's heading that way. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Trying to keep the uh, Supercoach a little bit exciting as we've all run out of trades and we're struggling with our teams, not making finals. Keeping it interesting. We'll catch you next week. All right. See you later, guys.